What are you what are you drinking? It's so nasty. So, uh, before I got here, uh my wife was like you're rattling. What am I doing? Podcasting professional. Hold on, I need some new six clips. <laughs> so before I got here. <laughs> you tell. Um, my wife, we need some drinks, right? So I went to the Dollar General, got a 12-pack Sprite, 12-pack of Dr. Pepper, 12-pack of Coke. I don't know why I told you that, because it's not relative to the story. While I was there, my wife texted me and was like, hey, we need some salad. Or I really want salad. And she named off all the ingredients she wanted. You know, the, the pre-mixed salad, and some thousand dollar dresses, some bacon bits, some crackers, you know. And I was in the produce section at the Piggly Wiggly because Dollar General doesn't sell salads. And it does not surprise me at all. And this lady was like pushing the broom, you know, doing her end of the day cleanup. And I was looking at uh, all the stuff she wanted. I was like, Jesus Christ. And I looked up and she was like right there. And she kind of looked up at me. I was like, oh, I wasn't saying Jesus Christ at you. I was saying Jesus Christ at my phone because there's like a thing on my phone. She's like, did you say you took a picture of me on your phone? I was like, no, no, (laughs) that's not what I said at all. (laughs) And she was like, okay. That's good to know. And just like went her way. But for the rest of the fucking time, I was on Piggly Wiggly. I was like, oh, my God, this woman thinks I'm a fucking creep. She thinks I took a picture of her on my phone. I don't know how it got twisted into that. But that's like I'm trying to wrap my head around like me saying like, oh, I said Jesus Christ at my phone. Oh, I took a picture of you on my phone. Like, how the fuck? How do you get that? from that? Brother, when they can't even understand you down there with your accent, you're in real trouble. Well, it helps. I've got like the Southern accent list combo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it makes it really hard for anybody that doesn't know me. Hey, listen, I understand every word Dusty Rhodes ever said. So that's not an excuse. <laughs> I also talk really fast and they're not quite used to that down here. It's, you know, it's so wonderful that you took all of that and decided to get into podcasting. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you hear that? No. Oh, it, it's it really it sounded like Charlie saying that. Hey, guys, I'm here. Oh, you mean the ghost of Charlie Butters? Yeah. Uh, say hi, Charlie. Hi, everybody. Nice, See, he's nice here. To, nice, yeah, yeah. It's nice he's to hear. Here. You, he's bud. with us. He's totally not. <laughs> he's totally not at a wrestling event right now, watching a Derek Dillinger steel cage match, so he could <laughs> bounce out of this recording. <laughs> And it's just the two of us. That's not true at all. Nope, totally not. Nope. Let me let me tell you, this is the most disgusting fucking thing I've ever. What put are you in my drinking? Mouth. What is it? It's a uh, seltzer. I'm gonna throw them out here. It's by the Lone River Brewing Company out of uh, West Texas. It's called Ranch Water. It's real bad, real bad. The irony is that we're actually today's story is going to tie back to West Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, 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 okay. So. But don't worry, we'll mention Florida and New York again because, you know, that's what we fucking talk about as a connection to Florida and New York. But anyway, speaking of New York. No sleep, too! No sleep, Brooklyn! Which is what I'm going to be doing for the next two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be working every day to pay for your trip to New York City. Oh, brother just paid for i just gotta make sure i can pay my rent <laughs> After yeah paying for this it's, it's important it's important <laughs> uh yeah you'll be here soon you and charlie both this is like this is a big if reunion my griff, yeah uh field trip not really for you but <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's nice to have you guys in town. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Your first ever time in New York City. It's terrifying, Austin. It's terrifying. You know what I did last <laughs> night? You know what I watched for two hours last night? I don't, I don't Do I want to know? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking sad. <laughs> I watched for two hours. Uh, if you go on YouTube and type in uh, walking tour Brooklyn, you'll see it. It's the guy. He gets off the subway. I can't remember what stop. But he gets off subway somewhere in Brooklyn. He just like walks around Brooklyn for two hours, like explaining everything that's around him. And I watched that last night and I was like, oh, that's neat. Okay. <laughs> I can see myself going there. And there's a lot. That's the thing is, I mean, you know, the city, and I think I've said this on the pod before, the city is five boroughs, you know, that you had a real hard time naming. But <laughs> it's more about like the neighborhoods because each of the boroughs is like a collection of a bunch of neighborhoods. So like neighborhood by neighborhood, it depends on where you are. It's got a totally different vibe. Yeah. And like, that's the, that's the thing is almost overwhelming, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, I've been here 20 years. I still haven't seen everything. Oh man. That's going to give me like the biggest like FOMO panic attacks. No, just, just, (laughs) it just gives you a reason to come back. I guess. Yeah. 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 It would, you know, like you, you see a little bit and then you learn a little bit more. And then the next time you come, you have a better idea of what you want to see that time. And then, you know rinse repeat um over and over again there isn't a whole bunch of like touristy stuff that i want to do but like the only thing that i could think of that would be like remotely touristy is like get on one of the tall buildings like on the roof and check it out like, like one like uh what is it called now it's not the uh world trade center it's just something else it is it's still one world trade okay okay like stand on top of that or the empire state building like one of the lookouts because i've never seen buildings that tall yeah. So I want to like stand on top of them, you know? Yeah. Empire State Building's great. You can also go to uh, 30 Rock, which is the 30 Rockefeller Center. They have a really good viewing platform as well. Isn't that like a TV show? Yep. But it's named, the TV show is named after the building that it's filmed in. Who's in that? Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan's in that. Tracy Maybe I'm Morgan, right Tracy Morgan. Tina Fey, uh, Alec Baldwin's in it. <laughs> There's a joke to be made there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. I don't want to get too. too. I don't want to get too in the weeds with current events because I don't really keep up with it. But that's like what? Oof, that's really terrible to yeah to, have, like, to be the respond one responsible for that. Yeah, but not, but, but not uh, intentionally. I don't really like. I, I don't. I don't fault him at all. That's the that's the prop director's fuck up. That's not his fuck up. Right. You know. Right. So anything been going on since last time we recorded? Um. Not Which was only really. like a week ago because our recording schedule has been <laughs> insane <up>. during the <laughs> holidays. Yeah, um, not really. Uh, besides like buying airplane tickets and just spending absorbent amounts of money for some reason, like <laughs> way more than I should. Like in my head, I'm like, All right, I'm going to save. I'm gonna do good. I'm going to save some money. And today we went to uh, went to Valdosta to just get like some pizza. And that was it. Right. Just want to get pizza from a pizza buffet because my daughter's always like, I want to go to the pizza store. I want to go to the pizza store. So we went to this pizza buffet and we got pizza there. They have like an ice cream thing, which is a bad idea. Uh, so I got some ice cream when I was there too. We played like a little arcade section that they have. And we left and we're like, all right, let's, uh, where do you want to go next? Walmart. Okay. We went and got stuff at Walmart. Where do you want to go next? Here. Okay. We got stuff here. Where do you want to go next? Here. Okay. Got some stuff here. And I just checked my bank account before I got up on a call with you and I spent $200 today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the thing is like, and I, I think everybody's going to find this familiar. It's like the more you make, the more you end up spending. 
So yeah, when you get a pay increase, which you did recently, you got a promotion, it, it <laughs> like you still end up at like the end of the two weeks or the month or what you know, however you're you're paid, and you're like, what the fuck happened? Like I'm making more, but then it's when you spend more, it's it's a never ending cycle. It is, and it's like coupled on top of the fact that I grew up. I had a really like poor childhood. My grandma and papa dirt poor. My grandma's never worked. My papa was uh, he he. <laughs> retired he was forced in retirement by the company that he worked for but then he worked at walmart like as i was a teenager and lived with them so he was making like walmart wages to support a family of three living in a house so i grew up extremely poor and now that i'm an adult and i just made just started making more money than i ever thought i would make which isn't an absorbent amount by the way just letting you guys know i'm not fucking rich (laughs) but i'm like i'm starting to be able to live uh comfortably and I don't know how to save money just because like, I've never had money. I like, I never had money growing up. I've never had money as a young adult. And now I'm um, like in my late twenties and I finally have like a little bit of money. I want to go crazy with it because I've never had things, right. <laughs> you know, but it's also new. So at some point, you know, I don't know if your job has a way to like, they can put, they can split your paycheck up, you know, some payroll yeah. companies can do that. Yeah. You know, set up a second, a second account that you just don't touch. So you don't have access to and just put a little bit out of every check into that. Just so you got a cushion, you know, cause it's scary in there. And, you know, I don't remember the exact percentage, but there's a staggering amount of people that would be completely fucked if uh, they, they couldn't do pay for an emergency $500 bill, like a medical oh, bill. Yeah. That came yeah. for like that's scary. Cause I think the majority of Americans are living check to check and so if something comes up you're like you're just you're sunk and that's so unfortunate so it's like you know i'm i'm not great with finances either i talk about finances a lot in this podcast but that like i just it's that's the only trick that's ever worked for me is to set up a separate account and just put a little bit away and just forget that it even exists I like that idea because it's like something like you just uh, described, like if I have an emergency bill, I'm not going to be able to handle it. That just yeah. happened. Right. Victoria got into a wreck and long story short, you remember that time I told you I didn't have insurance. Whenever I got pulled over, <laughs> we let the insurance lapse again. It was right before Christmas and we we're like, got to buy these Christmas presents. We'll pay that next month. Well, while it was lapsed, she got in a wreck and we didn't have insurance. So right now her car is sitting in a driveway because we can't afford to like go get it fixed, you know? On top of that, you had to pay to get it out of impound. Oh, dude, fuck. That's a fucking... I'm talking about grift. If you catch my grift, then it gets in the fucking impound lots. Man, they're making a fucking killing. Yeah. And the guy let me off easy. Like, he let me off super easy. Yeah. Uh, they're supposed to charge, like, a $200 fee for towing it to the lot, which is bullshit because, it's like, the lot was a mile away from where she got in a wreck. And then $50 per day it's there. And But the cop told us we couldn't get it out of the impound, impound lot until they closed the case on the wreck. So it sat in there for a week, just piling up $50 a day charge until they closed the case. And then when we finally able to get it out, it was around like $600 to get it out. But luckily, like I know some people and I made some calls and I got it down to $300, but you know, that's still a big fucking chunk of change. Yeah, and it's such bullshit. It's like, they can't, they shouldn't be charging you for time that you, you legally can't come pick up the car. Exactly. Right? Right. <laughs> like they shouldn't charge you for days that the lot is closed, which they probably do. Yeah. And also they, they shouldn't be charging you for days that it's sitting there that you actually can't technically like it. It, it, uh, it was there over Christmas, Austin. It yeah, was I, over, know. Like, <laughs> I know we were texting about it. Like, 
it's just it's uh, that's so infuriating you know it just uh, there's no reason for that but uh yeah yeah that was uh that's the recent events in my life what you got going on what you got going on bud man mine is so you want to something, hold on before you start you want to yeah. something creepy that i did this is probably gonna creep you out but you know me by now i don't so. uh, maybe i guess but you <laughs> But you know, you know the person. I'm not I answer that. Don't you know me. I'm not creepy. I just want to preface it with that. <laughs> remember, the, remember that uh, secret Santa I was in charge of. Yeah. You know how like I could look at everybody's like addresses. Yes. Okay. I knew that I was going to be staying. I'm not going to say exactly where, but close to you, right? When we go to New York, and right. I wanted to get like a lay of the land. So I may have Googled your address. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you find? A post office. Yeah, I live above a post office. <laughs> <laughs> I live a, I live a, uh, I live above a post I office. Like, when I saw it, I was like, does Austin live inside a post office? <laughs> I literally live, my building, the first floor of my building is a post office. And I have to say, it is some of the most unpleasant people I've ever encountered in my entire life work at this post office. And I worked <laughs> for a solid two years on this one woman who worked there in particular. I was so nice to her. And I like just I joked with her and I learned about her life. And I and finally, every time she saw me, she started calling me baby. You know, so I was like, I'm in. Right. She was nice right. to me. And you could tell because she was like really mean to the person before me. And then when she saw me, she's happy. And then the next person, she's a miserable bitch, too. And I was like, <laughs> I'm winning. I'm finally won. I, I'm so happy. And I used to come home and I would like brag about my relationship with this one woman at the post office that I was just like, she's finally like, I don't think you know how much blood, sweat and tears went into this relationship. Maybe a year after that, she transferred and she's not at the post office oh. anymore. And I'm like, no. Oh no. So much, so much wasted effort. And I'm like, back to back to square one with this post office, where I know these are like first world problems, but man, I really I did put in the work. I made that relationship happen, and she is gone. I haven't seen her <laughs> since then. <laughs> that doesn't creep you out, does it? No. Okay. 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 No, okay absolutely okay. not. No. Okay, I was thinking, because as I was doing it, like I was thinking, about, I should not be doing this. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't care. You know where I live. It's fine. Okay. No, I do live above a post office, though. You know, and I got, <laughs> and there's two bodegas on the same block where I live. Yeah, I saw is, one of them in yeah. the street view. Yep. There's one on the side, my side of the street, and there's one directly across the street. And I'm yeah. like, how do these two make money? They're literally in the same market, but they're right across the street from well, each I mean, other. There's, when you have like a population density like that, I'm sure they both I get. Yes, but I mean, my part of Brooklyn's a little different. I don't know. And I never see, it's like, there's very much the, the, the loyalty thing. Like I don't go to the one across the street. I only go to the one on my street. Really? Yeah. And he's like, he has, <laughs> the guy who runs it has asked me for as long as I've been going there, which is almost three years I've been in this apartment. He always asked me about my, my mama. That's what he says. How's, how's your mama? And, and he's, I've never mentioned my mom. Like I've, he's never <laughs> met her. I don't know where this came from. He just was really curious about my mom. So I was like, she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. And so finally, my mom came into to New York a few months ago. And I was like, you got to come meet the guy. 
Like you got, like I got, he bugs me about you every time I don't understand. And so I brought her in and he came in and I was like, this is my mom. He's like, no, no, no. That's your sister. That's your sister. She's too young. She's too pretty. And I was like, Oh God, I really probably shouldn't have done this. Now this is all weird. So now he's even more like enthusiastic about like talking about my mom. Now that I go, he's like, how's your mama? Yeah. She looks good. She looks good. She looks like your sister. And I'm like, Oh no, what have I done? I really opened myself <laughs> up. <laughs> oh god. So, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I was all I was gonna share today was super shallow. And I guess talking about my mom and the bodega dude are <laughs> much more, but I just got and I just started reading um Elvira, Cassandra Peterson's uh, autobiography. You know who Elvira is, right? Jesus, Dalton. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna grab the title. <laughs> She actually, she's kind of like your type. Really? Um, this is Elvira. Okay. It looks familiar. She was a... Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show? No, but a TV host in the 80s. Okay. So, like, in Where the... Where from? Yeah, she's, she has a movie. She's been a bunch, so she makes cameos all over the place. Adam she's, Family? No, it, she does look a little like Morticia, but she's, like, okay. much more risque than that. And she's, gotcha. you know, she's a comedian and actress write and, this down i gotta google it later no, yeah I'm El- <laughs> elvira mistress of the dark let me just tell you she's never met a, a a low-cut dress that she didn't like you are making ugly faces every time you take a sip of that stuff oh, it's so bad but i gotta be like well i gotta be like a little buzz from either this podcast or i get self-consciously quiet so <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything that tastes better than that or are you just gonna power through it I can't power through it, man. I don't right. have any Tito's left. <laughs> That's an oversight. You knew we were doing this tonight. Um, but <laughs> I wanted to like talk about a little mini grift before we hit off the main episode. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. We haven't done that since like the very beginning. Um, and I want to talk, I don't know how I saw this. I <laughs> the I, ghost I, the Charlie Butters here, and then we just had to go back to our roots. <laughs> yeah. What is what's that, Charlie? What did you want to say? This is some bullshit. All right, cool. Um, so <laughs> So I came across this this company and I, w- I wanted to look into it a little bit and it is called um Christ Centered Capital. Okay. And that so, sounds like something I will not like. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably won't. And I was like, what is this? Like I want to check it out. So I went to their website and I did a little bit a little bit of research. I didn't do a lot. This is not like a full episode. This is like a little tiny bit, but then we'll get into the episode. Um and from their from their website, the first page, right? They have a message from their founder, right? And and I guess maybe I'll talk about their business really quick, and then I'll talk. I'll read some some of the message from their founder because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so what they do is they do um, stock picks and investment recommendations. Uh, they um, they recommend uh, places for charitable giving, and they also do, in their words, research, analytics, and education. Okay. Right. And here's their here's the whole business model. Uh, this is a message from the founder. The hard truth. If you invest in the stock market and did not handpick and thoroughly research every company your money goes to, then you are most likely supporting anti-Christian companies that support abortion, contraception, human trafficking, pornography, transgender ideology, and critical race theory. Okay, so you support good things. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and it says, hello, my name is Mark uh, Lozano, and I own and operate Christ Central, Christ, sorry, Christ Centered Capital. At C3, we primarily focus on three things. C3. <laughs> C3, Christ Centered Capital, three Cs. Uh, provide in-depth research and analysis on what companies, organizations, and charities align with Christian values and which do not. Provide investment recommendations and stock picks that have financial potential and are also aligned with Christian values. And then charitable giving, we charge a $7 a month subscription to gain access to our site and all its content. And at least 50% of the net profits received from these subscriptions is donated to vetted Christian charities. And then he goes on, he says, below is a little background information on myself and Christ-centered capital. I hold both graduate and undergrad degrees in finance, finance and economics. I have held corporate jobs and worked as an investor and money manager. The job he has not, by the way. I just want to know. <laughs> I, he's not. not oh, did he, he looked at LinkedIn. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and like honestly, when you start a company like that, the first thing you should do is nuke your fucking LinkedIn or lie your teeth, <laughs> like yeah. lie through your teeth about what your experiences. Um, just in terms of the investor and money manager part. Uh, the job I held most recently was for the MBA in their business operations department. Throughout these collegiate and professional years, I have or I had a slow burn conversion from atheism to Christianity, prompted by my beautiful wife Taylor, and despite my own arrogance and stupidity. God damn it, Taylor! It's all your fault. It's all I your also, fault, Taylor. There's I don't hate. This is a personal thing, right? This is me personally. This is Austin, the person making this comment. This is not an, if you catch my Griff standpoint, but I, there's no one more insufferable to me than an ex atheist turn like evangelical Christian. Oh yeah, they, for they sure. Are like the absolute most annoying people in the world. They're and they're the so uppity, pretentious, so self-righteous. And they're like, you just, I know it was like to be godless, but now Christ <laughs> is on my side. And I just, and I'm like, and this is not a comment towards Christianity. You know, like we've, we've had Ed on here and, you know, like I, I you know, you could believe what you believe, but I, there's just, there's some, the, the self-righteousness with this particular strand of like weirdo. Anyway. Um, so he goes on, he goes, um, in June 2021, I learned that it was time to leave the MBA and the corporate world altogether because of painfully obvious moral issues. Chief among the, these moral issues was learning what my retirement portfolio was funding, and in parentheses, abortion, contraception, pornography, CRT, human trafficking, et cetera. Very cool so, stuff, all of them. Awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> so according to his LinkedIn, he did work for the MBA and currently is the co-owner of a wood wood-fired pizza truck, but nothing in his background points directly at being a good financial manager or like he said where he was a money manager. Just it, there's nothing there. He was like a high school basketball coach and he he's done a few things. He did work for the MBA though. That 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 is true. And it, while he was at the NBA, he managed budgets and schedules, contracts and third-party relations for the NBA and its teams. Not exactly financial planning, but no. whatever, right? So I'm like, okay, I get this, right? Because like, there's 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 a big movement right now. It's probably been going on for the last ten years or so to for big funds and big companies to divest from fossil fuels. Like that's been a trending thing where they're right. like mutual funds or retirement funds or you know hedge funds. There's all kinds of 
funds that people invest in and they don't necessarily know where their money's going, you know, yeah, because I have they, no idea where my 401k goes. If exactly, I had one. Exactly. Right. If you had one that you wouldn't know. And so there's been a big movement and a lot of pressure from environmental groups for these, these funds to dis, you know, de-invest from fossil fuels. So I get that, right. You're a Christian, you have a certain belief set, you want to diverse from funds that, that go against that. And I think that that's totally legitimate. And I don't have a problem with that. If I thought they were coming uh, they were coming from a place of sincerity, but I don't think right. this guy's coming from a place of sincerity <laughs> because, and, and this is, I, I cannot stress this enough. I did not cherry pick this. There, there's a bunch of blog entries. It's basically a blog right now that you can subscribe to, to open up more content. Is there one of those Substack deals? It's not a Substack deal. I don't think he, because uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's very low tech. The site. Oh, okay. Geocities. It's, it's, <laughs> But I will. I just picked one at random. I legitimately hand to 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 Bob. I picked this one. Like <laughs> this was totally random. It's first one I clicked, and after reading it, I was like, "Okay, fuck this. I'm closing this window. I'm not doing this anymore." So the first one was um, it, it was part of his alternative investment series, and it was about a company called Yield Street, which I hadn't heard about until I read this, and then I went and checked them out a little bit. So Yield, Yield Street's back. All right. <laughs> wrong episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Yield Street is funded by some big names. And one of those names is George Soros. (sighs) Globalists. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, give me a fucking break. (laughs) So he goes on to say, George Soros is a Hungarian billionaire that is that the right hates and the left loves because he has funded much of the left's Where? agenda. Where which is, is the left love? <laughs> I don't know. I've never met a leftist that fucking like even knows either. who the fuck George Soros. <laughs> I mean, most real leftists just hate billionaires and it doesn't matter yes. who they fund. So yes. it's just, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, because. The, the right loves or the right hates and the left loves because he has funded much of the left's agenda, which is commonly opposed to Christian values. The George Soros connection to Yield Street is something that should give give uh, that. Oh, this is his words. These are all that's not me fucking up. That should give make us stop and think before <laughs> investing in Yield Street. But it is not a hard no. Not just yet. And then he goes on and he talks about like how debt is like got a weird relationship with Christianity but it doesn't ultimately matter. He goes, the bottom line for Yield Street is that its, offer, it, that its offerings are extremely broad and ever-changing, which make it a good financial op- option for investors who really want to diversify, but also makes it hard to keep track of their ethics, which is understanding. That's true. Um, the broad diversity problem coupled with their connection to Soros and their flirtation with unusury um, keep them from getting through the C3 screening process. Ultimately, this was seen as failing the C3 test. I, I, so, and then then there's this, and I'm going to close with this. We're going to move on because I don't think this is a grift yet. I think this is like well on its way, but I definitely think it's well on its way. Like, I feel (laughs) like I need to keep track of this guy and keep checking in on what he's up to, because I feel like this has the very, this is like the potential to roll into something. Like if this starts to catch on, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about this. Oh, we got potential. Here. <laughs> um, so I just want to read the disclaimer that's at the very bottom of the page because I thought it just made me laugh, and then I was like, I'm done with this. The C3 family encourages all consumers of C3 content to spend time in prayer, asking for the will of the Father to be done. We are confident in our research and analysis, but 
We are not free from human error, and we encourage all people to spend a little time in prayer before making any major financial decisions. Oh, man. God doesn't give a shit about your finances, man. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So pray before you invest. And and I thought this was a really good way to introduce the episode that we're coming up on because it's about money and it's about religion. Well, you see, Austin, everybody's got a price. That's right. (laughs) I like your DiBiase laugh. So I think we should call this episode the million dollar scam, Ted DiBiase. Um, because that's oh, yeah. what we're going to talk about. The million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. Everybody's going to pay. Because the million dollar man. it's such a good theme i love that theme it's so good (laughs) when i was when i was a kid and you i was a kid a lot long a long time before you were a kid. Oh, yeah, you were a kid a lot longer than I was, brother. No, I'm still a, lot, a kid. <laughs> yeah, that. No, I don't think I was a kid longer than you. I was a kid before you. <laughs> but I remember I was. I had a subscription to WWF at the time magazine, and they had a whole uh, article about Million Dollar Man paying a million dollars for his new theme song because oh, it really? wasn't always that. Like that's just the most memorable version. And to be honest, I don't remember what the version was before, but it was like a big deal when that was that was the the theme. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So, I'm going to start this off with a little disclaimer, right? I love wrestling. You love wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. But like, no no mistake, there are a lot of shitheads in the business. And that should give be no surprise, giving like the nature of the business. It's got some really carny roots. Um, and like we said before, this week, we're going to talk about one of those carnies, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and specifically him and his family and their involvement in, brace yourself, the largest public embezzlement scam in the history of the state of Mississippi. Oh, wow. Yes. The largest? The largest. And it is a big one. Well, let's just see where this I know Mississippi ain't that big. I know no. Mississippi ain't that smart. So. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just see where this goes. Let's go. Yeah, I think you're going to be surprised. I don't mean but, to offend the fine people of Biloxi, okay? You know, I, I don't mean to offend them, but. You or know. Jackson. There's a lot of, there's more than just Biloxi in Mississippi. Uh, Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> um. I think in hindsight, we should have seen we should have seen something like coming considering uh, Ted DiBiase's Carney roots, which I mentioned earlier. Um, he was born Theodore Marvin Willis on January 18th, 1954 in what state? Mississippi. No, Miami, Florida. <laughs> oh, OK. Florida we man. Got, we got a Florida boy, but it's Miami, <laughs> so it's not really Florida. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of What's something. The United States has this weird thing. If you go far enough south, you're not really in the south anymore. Yeah, because like New Orleans doesn't feel like Louisiana. Miami doesn't feel like Florida. I'm sure El Paso doesn't feel like Texas. 
Yeah, Austin, I would say, doesn't feel like Texas. I don't know what city is the furthermost south in Texas. It's not that well, it's not the furthest south. Uh, yeah, El Paso, it's like that's a that's close to the border, so it feels a little different. Ted Willis, as he was known at the time, uh, his mother was a showgirl who turned into a pro wrestler. Oh, okay. which I didn't know. I didn't know old Ted was second generation. He, yeah, I knew that, but I didn't know it was from his mother. Um <laughs> His father was a singer and a musician. And from DiBiase's telling, his dad wasn't around very much and mostly worked in L.A. as a singer on the Tennessee Ernie Ford show. So he was he is his dad was also in showbiz. Um, His parents were divorced when Ted was four years old. And not long after that, Helen, his mother, met a guy named Iron Mike DiBiase, who was also a pro wrestler. Oh, yeah, like the double. Like, yeah, yeah, you get it from both ends. Yep. So um, the two were married, and Mike ended up adopting Ted, hence the name change from Willis to DiBiase. Okay. Um, yeah. That's, and, so, that's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. 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 And uh, Mike on it, it tragically died um, in the ring right after a match. He had like a massive heart attack. And he was, I think, uh, 45 years old. Really? Uh, and Harley Race gave him CPR and went to the hospital with him, but he was pronounced what? dead. Yeah. It's this whole, it's a crazy scene. It's insane. Yeah. Um, Ted was only 15 years old, really, really affected him. But this is really similar to you. His well, not not totally similar to you, but his mom had a really hard time after his dad died and he ended up moving across the U.S. to Arizona to live with his grandparents who basically. Oh, he's a grandparent baby, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. His mom uh, suffered from alcoholism and depression after Mike Iron Mike had died. And so that it was just deemed better for him to live with his grandparents. Probably was better. It probably was. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And I will say, DiBiase, before we get going, is a hardcore motherfucker. Like, he's a dude that he may not have looked like the toughest guy, but this is a dude. He actually went on to play um, football for West Texas State. And I don't know if you know about the history of West Texas State. West Texas State. No, I don't. So this college in really turned out some of the most badass wrestlers at the time. It turned out Dory Funk Jr., Okay. Terry Funk. Okay. Bruiser Brody, <laughs> Stan Hansen, and Dusty Rhodes all That's went to West Texas. Murderers Road. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? For like, not, and we've got non wrestling fans, but I just want to say, like, those are some of the most badass dudes that have ever walked into a, a circle, uh, like a ring. For the non wrestling fans, you could. You could put all four of those on a Mount Rushmore for wrestling oh, and no one, sure. no one would bat an eye for sure. And it's actually funny because he and Hanson had stayed friends. DBS and Hanson stayed friends. Uh, Hanson and uh, Bruiser Brody were a big time tag team in Japan for a long time in all Japan. Eventually Brody moved over to do Japan, which is like a rival uh, federation and Hanson brought in Ted DiBiase as his partner, and they just ran up and down the, the roster. So it was kind of wow. cool. Yeah, DiBiase was a badass, like <laughs> legit badass. Bad motherfucker out there. Bad, mother, bad motherfucker, could hold his own. Um, but in 1987, he caught his big break. And this is this is what is worth talking about. Like he wrestled all over the place. He was a journeyman. He was in Mid-South. He was in Georgia. He was all over the place. But in 1987, he went to the WWF and was given the gimmick, the Million Dollar Man. 
<laughs> and for non-wrestling fans again the laugh was his thing he had like this unforgettable <laughs> laugh charlie put that in there at some point because it's just so good he just had this like unbelievable laugh <laughs> and but like even in like even in i'm probably like jumping ahead here but even in the fed he was a con artist i remember there's uh like one thing i've seen like he was like you'll get a hundred bucks if you shoot this basketball into this hoop and he will fuck with the kid and make him miss and laugh yeah. about it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he was, he was like a heel. He was, he was the worst. So basically the story goes is that the owner of the WWF, which is now called WWE was Vince McMahon. And this was Vince McMahon's idea for his own gimmick. If he was a wrestler, he's like, I'm a millionaire. This is what I would be as a wrestler. And he gave it to Ted DiBiase, which is like, dude, you couldn't, you couldn't have had a better character than yeah. one that the boss picked out for himself and gave to you. Essentially giving him the blessing. Like, yeah. like you're the guy. You're the guy. You're the guy. And like, and it, and it was, and, and he knew, I mean, DBS had the chops so he could go in the ring. So like, you didn't have to worry about his talent. And you just had to know that this guy could pull this gimmick off. And so they did a bunch of vignettes of him paying people off. And they also did those in-ring challenges, which I think you were talking about. And yeah. one of the most famous ones is they brought this little kid up and DBSE said into the ring on TV and DBSE said, I will give you a hundred dollars if you can bounce this basketball 15 times. Right. So the kids up that there might be what I was this thinking. Is what, of. I think this is what you're thinking of. And he goes like one, two, three, four, five. He gets to 14 and he's about to hit 15 and DBSE kicks the ball out from under him and then laughs in his face. This is like a <laughs> seven this, or eight year old kid. And this isn't a plant. Like this isn't no, like a no, plant is, fan. Like this no, is a real pain. This is a real fan. fan. This guy was like a millionaire asshole. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It was I such... remember like my favorite part of like wrestling as a kid. This is the reason I loved Ric Flair so much because like he was not in this like in like the 2000s they didn't really fuck with fans anymore but rick flair was part of this old guard that didn't give a fuck yep i remember he was wrestling uh the hurricane one time and there's this kid at ringside that had a hurricane mask he ripped this paper mask off this child's face ripped it up and stomped on it and the kid was crying <laughs> and it was so good now to be fair back then too even the kid like the kids that he would rip off in the ring they would pay them afterwards you know like they they yeah. were they like they they got compensated but it was all for the emotional reaction on the camera he would even at the end of the matches i don't know if you noticed this like or knew this after he put him in the million dollar dream which is like a sleeper hold Cobra Clutch is really what it was. Um, and they would pass out. He'd go and shove a $100 bill in the, 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 their mouths, like their open mouths. He'd just put the money in there. <sighs> and then he'd have his, I don't, I don't know if this is appropriate, and bleep it out if it's not, but he'd have his manservant, a guy named Virgil, go in and take the money back out of their mouth. before That's the fuck money, money, man. He's got to get it back. Yeah, so <laughs> it was, it was, that was a problematic relationship, but anyway. Especially, um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a good yeah. look. <laughs> no, not a good look going back. Especially with like modern day eyes. But so what I think the most interesting thing about the gimmick was that he was actually able to, he was not just able to, but he was told to live this gimmick outside of the ring. So anytime he traveled, he was in first class. He got picked up by limos. He always stayed in the nicest hotels. And he was given the stipend that most, all of this stuff, not most of the other wrestlers didn't get. But he got, because they wanted to project this image of this guy being a millionaire, even when he was outside of the ring, right? That's so got to do you, something to your psyche, right? When you're like oh, in character all 100%, the time. 100% of the, 100%. Like, 
then that's gonna fuck with like you want to lose yourself, right? Yeah. And I just said it's it's super easy to get used to this kind of lifestyle and to want to continue doing it. But yeah, that yeah. was a thing. And it actually, personal story, my aunt, who was and still is a flight attendant for Delta, was on a flight. And I, I couldn't tell you where it was from. I don't think she ever told me. But she's there was this really big dude sitting in first class. And these kids that were in coach kept running up to him and talking to him. And he would like sign his autograph and they'd run back. And so at one point during the flight, my aunt Katie went up to him and said, I'm sorry, do, are you like, who, who are you? Like all these kids seemed to know who it was. And it was the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. My, How my, the fuck do you have all these stories, man? I, this is a weird <laughs> one for my kid, my childhood. And, and she said, oh my God, my, my nephew is a huge wrestling fan. Cause that was like my life. Like peak DiBiase was like peak Austin wrestling. And so she got an autographed photo from him, which I wish I still had. I don't know what the hell happened to it, but I, yeah, she gave it to me and she told me that story where he was on the plane and she was just like, I just saw this big Jack dude and he was in first class. I was like, who is this? That's so fucking cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was so cool. It made me a fan of his. I was like, I know he's the bad guy, but I got this really kick-ass autographed picture right. of him. Like, I just, I love Teddy Biasi now. I don't after reading this episode, um, but we'll get to that part. Um, so he largely left. He, he had a few stints. He was like in WCW, a couple of things. I, I wrote a lot more about the history, and then I realized it's like we're going to immediately lose any non-wrestling uh, fan. Yeah, and any non-wrestling wrestling fan, yeah, and any wrestling fan knows the history, and they at least they better. If they don't, go look it up. Um, so he largely left pro wrestling in 1998 to focus on his... You know this? Christian career no christian ministry oh no you didn't know this no oh he's a big christian guy now dude i didn't know anything like i know ted dibiase the wrestler i don't know ted dibiase the person yeah yeah no he's a he's a he's a christian minister motivational speaker he does all that stuff and he founded his own church which is called the heart of david ministries in 1999 in the city of madison in mississippi oh Okay. So this is like he dedicated the rest of his life to to Christianity and spreading the word. Um so why can't like more wrestlers like do the Shawn Michaels like breed of born again? Dude, there's so many. There's so many. And it like I think DiBiase might have been one of the earlier ones. I think he, he happened before Sean. He happened before like Sting. There's a bunch of these guys that like I, I, they all did a bunch of fucked up shit when they were in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> they were depraved humans. And then, and then get once, out and find God. Yeah, once they get out, they're like, whoops, we better, we better do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think he might've even helped like convert a bunch of wrestlers. And because he, he's the one, he's one of the few out of them that became a full blown minister. He's like a full on, like evangelical Christian spreading yeah. the word. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah. So now we're past the, the wrestling stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about um, more of his family life. So he has three sons, which I was actually, I thought he only had two, but he had three. Um, he's got uh, Mike the second. It's not a junior, but Mike the second named after his, his adopted dad, Teddy Jr. And Brett. Okay. Um, all three of them got in on the family business. Uh, Mike and Brett. Really? Yeah. All I know about Ted DiBiase Jr. I know. I know. There's a reason for that. Mike and Brett uh, wrestling dreams. Did not last very long, um, but 
Teddy Jr. had a decent seven-year run on the main roster in WWE. Shout out Legacy. Yeah, you won't be shouting that for long. Um, Oh, no. no. (laughs) Teddy Jr. was on national TV. He he made it, but we're going to talk about him later. For now, I want to talk about Brett. DiBiase. Um, Brett wrestled as a developmental guy uh, for the WWE from 2009 to 2012. Um, and then he needed a real job because he's he just got cut. He didn't have what it took. It happens. There's a lot of like, well, he's technically third generation. There's a lot of second and third generation dudes that don't make yeah. it, you know. Shout it's out a hard there. life. Not everybody's built for it. No, it's true. Um so he needed a real job. He had a couple of gigs as a basically, from what I can tell, he was a copy machine salesman before he got a job working for the Mississippi Department of Human Services, which I'm going to try and call it the Department of Human Services. Sometimes I may call it the MDHS. There's a lot of initials and a lot of that here. I'm going to try to be as clear, but if you do lose what I'm talking about, ask me and I can clarify what it is. Cause there's just a bunch of little organizations okay. that we're going to talk about. Um, he got the job in February, 2017 as the deputy director of transformational change. What um, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a really vague, stupid title that doesn't actually mean very much. Um, but I want to talk about the department of human services really quick in Mississippi, because it helps to know what they actually do. Um, so they, it's a statewide department that oversees a bunch of programs such as aging and adult services, um, community service, which is uh, they provide grants and loans to help people in need, basically welfare, um, okay. child support. They enforce child support cases and make sure that, you know, people are playing child support when they should. Early childhood care and development, um, which also includes like special needs programs for for uh, for children. Um, workforce development. So it's like unemployment and people that are, that need to get back in the workforce. And they call, this is the most sinister thing. They call it youth services, which is basically they oversee juvenile hall. Oh, oh, okay. So, but they call it youth services. Cause that's a kinder, friendlier name. Um, so <laughs> not, we're running the kid prisons, right? <laughs> <laughs> not child. We're not going to call it child jail. We're going to call it youth services, <laughs> whatever. Get the fuck out of here. So a former pro wrestler turned copy machine salesman. He seems like the, the perfect dude to go work in this state department, which right. is just yeah. fucking bonkers. Um, so at the Department of Human Services, he worked for a guy named John Davis, who was the executive director of MDHS, so the Department of Human Services. He's the head dude. He's the biggest, the biggest of the boss. This is this is Brett's boss. Um, he this guy has ties to the DiBiase family dating back to at least 2016, which is a year before Brett started working there. Um, it's not hard to draw a line between. This guy's can Davis's connection to the DiBiase family and the reason that Brett got hired. Let's yeah, be honest. They needed very, a job, so he called yeah, some people. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was out of the the department of Brett. Sorry, Brett was out of the MDHS by September 2017. So he didn't he wasn't even there for a full year. It was from February to September. Um, the next year, Brett was contracted by the Department of, Home, of Human Services. I almost said Homeland Security because it looks like DHS, yeah. <laughs> same initials. But um, he was contracted to teach classes about drug abuse. The contract was through his LLC, which was called Rise to Restore to, and it was for a total of $48,000. Oh, wow. 
there's stupid, stupid LLC names all over the story. That's just one of them. Rise to restore to. Um, so that now we're gonna get to our first little snack, right? Forty eight thousand dollars. They're like, please teach these drug, you know, uh, drug education programs. He never taught any of those classes. Oh no! <laughs> In fact, the time when he was supposed to be teaching the classes. He himself was spending four months in a luxury rehab facility in California. Oh, no. You hired the addict to teach the drug classes? (laughs) Oh, no. Yes, they did. (laughs) Oh, God. And like, dude, you're broke. Why are you in this luxury rehab? (laughs) Yeah. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I, 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 I went to the site of this place. This place is fucking fancy it's like a like, malibu ass place it is it's actually called uh, rise malibu okay yeah yeah, yeah. i know about malibu yeah it's a it's not a, personally but well, <laughs> i've no. heard of it <laughs> yeah it's it's super fancy super swanky so mississippi boy out in california rehab um he never returned the forty eight thousand dollars and mm-hmm. never taught the classes. In 2019, the Mississippi Department of Human Services underwent an internal audit and uncovered a trial, a trail, sorry, of fraudulent documents that led to Brett receiving the $48,000 contract. So, God damn it, Brett. You left a paper trail? Yeah, a fake paper trail. He was, there were like emails all over the place to various people saying, you know, like forging up documents and just this crazy thing to get this $48,000 contract. Um, on top of that, the audit also uncovered a slew of other fraud within the agency. So they sent the audit to the governor who referred it to the office of the state auditor led by a guy named Shad White on June 21st, 2019. So this is, this is this recent like now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is people are like do recent stuff. This is literally some of the stuff that's in this story is still going on in 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so White conducted an audit because that was his that was his office. He was the state auditor, and it confirmed uh, the Department of Human Services findings. There was indeed widespread cor- corruption within the MDHS, and it totaled around four million dollars. Wow, that is an insane amount of money. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> um, so. Brett's part in this is relatively small, right? Of the $4 million that was defrauded from the state agency. Yeah, 48,000. 48,000 is itty bitty. But um, he, along with five other people, were indicted by a grand jury. And one of those people was his boss, like I mentioned before, John Davis. Hmm, So he's kind of identified as the ringleader in this whole thing. Was it Ted Stunt that led to the audit? I can't say for sure what exactly led to, well, I mean, no, so the audit was a routine audit by the uh, MDHS. Like it was an internal audit of their own department and they started finding this stuff. I don't know if it was his thing particularly like in particular, but it was one of the things that led these six people to be indicted by a grand jury. So he's part of it. It, it. We'll see as we go on. There's a lot more people involved, but of this first round, he's one of six, and it's probably because he did a really terrible job at covering up what he had done. Right, That's, right, right. That it's kind of lends to incompetency more than anything else. So Brad ended up pleading guilty to making fraudulent statements, which is a crime that carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison and up to ten thousand dollars. 
He agreed to pay back the $48,000, right? Um, an additional charge of conspiracy was dropped when Brett agreed to cooperate with the investigation. And it's likely that he won't serve any time. Okay, well, justice not served on this one. Yeah, they got the money back, apparently. I don't know if it's, they've actually been paid back. It's still kind of like there's the courts just take forever to kind of I'm process sure all this it stuff. It's more of a like, hey, dad situation. <laughs> yeah. So this seems nice and tidy, right? The fraudster gets caught. He agrees to pay back. No harm, no foul. No, not exactly. This is actually really? the beginning of this fucking wild ass case. Okay. Well, where do we go from here? So um, John Davis, the guy who was in charge of the agency, an indicted fraudster, took this opportunity to retire from the agency after a 28-year run. Um, I don't Does he still get like 401k. The benefit? That's what I was about to say. I don't know for sure, but there's a chance this fucker still got his pension because he was there again for 28 years. So wow. I don't know. So he wasn't even fired after he was indicted. He managed to. He was either I most likely I feel like he was given the opportunity to retire. Okay. So in and in which means that he gets to keep whatever sort of retirement he's got coming to him. Or is one of those like, hey man, like we're gonna fire yeah, you. Like, you, might you, fuck you, you know what's up, <laughs> just leave. Um because he'd been around for a while, so he's definitely an inside guy. Um, so the governor had to appoint a new executive director, and he appointed this guy named Robert G. Anderson. And one of the first things that Anderson did was contact, or I'm sorry, was contract Clifton Larson Allen LLC, which is an outside auditing firm to conduct a forensic audit of the Department of Human Services from the period of January 1st, 2016 to December 31st, 2019. Okay. So they're like, so did they f- we found you had that $4 million and that was from 2019 or 2018. Now we want to look at the last few years to see what the fuck has been going on at this agency. Right, right. Because it just doesn't like, you don't start some bullshit like that and get caught immediately. It had to go on for a while. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm kind of curious what they would have found if they had gone back even further. Like I'm not, I couldn't find exactly why they had picked that time period to audit. I'm not sure if maybe that's was, I mean, Davis had been at the agency for 28 years, but maybe he'd only been the executive director for that period. That makes I, I, don't, sense. I don't, I don't know. That's my, my instinct, but I, I genuinely couldn't find anything to, to, I, I read a lot about this and I couldn't find anything that would support that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to agree with you, but that, 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 that shit's fucking haggard. You don't that have anything like, else in your house to drink alcoholic. No, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> There's one in here, not to get too off topic, like we like to do. Uh, there's one in here that just says spicy. Spicy. Spicy and, water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm scared to, uh, oh, oh, yeah, let's pop the producer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, uh, yeah, I'm scared to try that one. Right now I'm drinking big red grapefruit. That doesn't sound good at all. So this audit that they, there's this outside company, comes in and does opens the Pandora's box on this oh. agency. It's like, but wait, there's more. Oh, yeah. this is the, <laughs> this is the, but wait, there's everything. Oh, wow. Okay. And $4 million ain't shit compared to what these guys found. Um, so in addition to the department of human services, this audit by CLA, which is what I'm going to call them going forward. It's easy to remember. Uh, which is the outside auditing company, also audited two of the largest nonprofits that were the recipients of 
Department of Human Services funding, and they are called the Mississippi Community Education Center and the Family Resource Center. So we're going to call them MCEC and FRC. And oh, if that that's gets not conf- going to be confusing at all. <laughs> so I'll try to use the long names. I'm probably not going to use Mississippi Community Education Center. I'm just going to call them MCEC, and then I'll call them the Family Resource Center, okay. if that works for you. See, Austin, I'm just a big, dumb Southerner. I got Georgia Public School Education. I yeah, but so they Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, public education in Mississippi is way worse than Georgia. Oh, oh I know. I, I have no love for Mississippi. <laughs> no, me neither. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I, had, I had a long, long time roommate from Alabama. And we used to just say, it's like, you know what the best thing about being from Louisiana and Alabama is? We're not from goddamn Mississippi. <laughs> so... I talked about the two nonprofit organizations. In addition to the Department of Human Services, they're also part of this audit. Um, the MCEC, which is again the Mississippi Community Education Center, was a nonprofit run by a couple of people. One was Nancy New, her son Zach New, um, and the News were among the six indicted on the early embezzlement charges. So it oh. makes a lot of sense. That they are part of this audit. Okay. All right. So we're getting into the thick of it here. Yeah. And now I'm going to piss you off. So I just want to tell you something and you're not going to like it. Uh, The majority of the funds that were being siphoned were part of the federal program called the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. God damn it. These people are stealing from goddamn poor people. They are stealing from welfare. But these fucking asshole motherfuckers yep Ugh. yep the 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 ta tanf which is temporary assistance for needy families is the cash assistance program formerly known as welfare that makes my goddamn skin crawl yep it was <laughs> it was created in 1996 in the welfare reform law and specifically it was to support people with an income at or below 300 percent of the federal poverty level so they're stealing from not just poor people, but the poorest of the poor people. Yep. yep. That yep. is fucking cockroach level behavior. Yep. <laughs> like just, just pure human scum. So this whole program, according to federal God guidelines, damn Mississippi, I'm telling you, man, this made me <laughs> so fucking mad. And, and, and just keep this in the back of your head as we talk about all of everything that's going on. Right. So for example, a uh, family of three. I'm only using that because you have a family of three. Yeah. And and the poverty level, the poverty line, poverty level for a family of three, household income is $21,960, which is not enough to support a fucking family Not at of all. Three. Not at all. Now, that this also covers a range from the poverty line or the poverty level to 300% of the poverty level. So three times that. So it's anywhere, families of three making anywhere from $21,960 to $65,880. Okay. Which is that it's, 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 these are like working, struggling people. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking, that's me. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's like, and, and, and that's where all of this money is being siphoned out of this, this program. Fucking bullshit. Yep. So they're they're I mean, they're taking from the absolute most vulnerable people in the state and to make it worse. During this period, the Department of Human Services for the state of Mississippi was denying more than 98% of individual applicants for welfare. 
God, Jesus Christ. I'm not going to wish death on anybody, but I hope somebody fucks him up. <laughs> or somebody beats the fucking piss out of every one of them. It's it it, it is so fucking infuriating. That, so but also at the same time, this case is this this whole thing is so massive that there's no way I can cover everything in this podcast. So I've decided I've made the decision that I'm just gonna cover the DiBiase family because this is our 25th episode. And I've we as a unit have collectively decided that every 25 episodes we're gonna throw some fucking scumbag wrestler in it. So we're gonna focus on the wrestler. We are not a wrestling podcast, but we were heavily wrestling adjacent. Yes. And 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 here's the thing: if it's if this episode does really, really well, I'll go back and cover all the other bullshit that's involved with this case because there's a whole lot of it. But we're just going to talk about the DiBiase's portion of this whole thing. Say so if you like this episode, you got to go on a fucking uh, Spotify, download that shit on Spotify, get on iTunes, download that shit on iTunes, get on a, uh, I don't fucking know, is title rate, still a rate, thing? Rate and review. Rate and review. I don't the podcast. <laughs> I don't know what title does. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows what title does. Subscribe to us on multiple platforms. Just let's just like fix the numbers. It's fine. But anyway. You know who really needs the help? Jeff Bezos. Go on Amazon. <laughs> Go on yeah, Audible. We do. We do it. It's listed on Amazon Music. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Go so yeah. support our boy Bezos and uh, subscribe on Amazon. <laughs> we know you have a Prime membership. Don't lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about Brett because this audit reveals more shit that Brett was up to during this time. Right. And then we'll move on to the other members of the DiBiase family. Um, so the, the $48,000 was actually one of the last transactions that Brett was involved with during this whole oh, period. Sorry, he was involved with more than well, just the 48000 Yeah. Yeah, he was. Oh, dude. Um, so the Family Resource Council paid Brett $130,000 as a consultant and project manager for their substance abuse classes in 2018. I'm sorry, how much again? 130,000. That's fucking outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> so this was after he was an employee. He already left the Department of Human Services. He had already been out of rehab. They paid this this portion, this this ridiculous amount of money. And this is actually from the audit report that was generated after the audit so was completed. after the shit that got him fucking in trouble he's still milking this agency. this is actually before okay 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 but he didn't yeah. get it until after he was out of rehab no did i miss, it, did I miss you yeah this is all before that happened okay 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 yeah this is this is while he may have still had an addiction problem oh my apologies people <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is from the audit he says the full contracted amount of 130,000 was paid shortly after the contract was executed at a minimum this is a poor business practice that leaves limited option for recourse should the contractor/vendor not perform the services as requested Considering the noted relationships between the DiBiase family and John Davis and John Davis's influence over the Family Resource Council, this prepayment is concerning. So they're basically saying they there's like, why would you pay him all of this money up front? Kind of make that deposit, brother. You don't know if you're gonna get you don't know <laughs> like with, with contracts, typically they're executed. There's a little bit up front, there's some outside, like yeah, 25 up front, 75 or 75, 25, or 50, 50. Like there's 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 terms to it. Like you pay a portion of it on completion. I mean, that's that makes sense. Right. So a stipulation of the contract was that Brett had to provide 
activity reports to the Family Resource Council, um, basically check-ins for the progress of the, of the program. No such reports were provided to the Family Resource Council, which makes it seem likely that little to no work was actually done. This fucking scumbag. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, on top of that, MCEC, the other nonprofit, yeah, uh, paid a total of $25,967.68 in expense reimbursements for first-class airfare and uh, to and from that fancy rehab place in California. Wow, they spent 25... It's like he took a vacation. He took a corporate-sponsored vacation. To rehab. That's fucking insane. But let's be real. These fucking, like... The rehab, I'm not knocking rehab. If you have a problem, go to rehab. It's great. Absolutely. I'm happy for you. I'm not making fun but, of substance abuse issues either because I have a lot of them in my family. I'm, I've been shout through Shout out it. dad. But uh, well, <laughs> my dad, shout, not your shout dad. Shout out my bro. <laughs> but uh, fucking like these high fancy flute and motherfucking rehab facilities are not in it. The fucking cure, or you can't cure addiction, but you know, help people with addiction. Treat addiction. It's treatment. Yeah. Yeah, but the Malibus of the world are not in it to help that. They're in it to make money. Yeah, just wait till you learn how much. Um, so in addition, Brett was also on the payroll of MCEC, again, that, that nonprofit, from September 17, 2017 to July uh, 31st, 2019, right? So, oh, he's, he, so he's on both the payrolls. Well, no, this. so this is right after he leaves the Department of Human Services. Oh, he and then he goes works for them. He immediately goes to the nonprofit. Okay, okay, okay. Now I'm making and, sense. And the nonprofit is not is getting all their money from the Department of Human Services. So he still works for the Department of Human Services, then. Right. Like he's running <laughs> as like a consultant that gets all of their money. Like these nonprofits. I just want to say this now, if it's not clear, are almost fully funded by the Department of Human Services. Like they literally exist based on money that's granted by the state that gives them this money to start up all these different programs. So this is what state taxes go to, basically. This is what, well, federal. This is actually federal. So it's like the federal money, it comes from the federal federal departments and it goes to state departments. And then the state departments can either directly give them, which doesn't really happen a lot lot recently because everything's been privatized. Typically, they dole it out to nonprofits and contractors to also dole it out. Okay. Okay. And they just like circle back in and check to make sure that it's been sent the right, spent the right way or spent during programs that are worthwhile. There's so much fucking waste and fraud and abuse in this system. It's crazy. Like if, if there was enough resources put into the state departments that they could manage at their own, you'd cut out a lot of this. That's my personal thought. It may not be true. There may be people that are listening to this that work with the governments that'll disagree, but that's, that's sort of my thinking. Um, so he is on the payroll and in that two years, he was paid a total of, are you ready for this? <laughs> no, $486,258.87. Jesus Christ. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a far above what he should be making. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I looked, this guy's pulling in like $250,000 a year Yeah, working in a nonprofit in Mississippi, Mississippi, low Dude. cost of living state, Dude. maybe one of the lowest, maybe the lowest. Uh, I'd argue Texas, but 
Mississippi's got to be up there. <laughs> oh, I think it's lower than that because Texas at least has big cities. It's got Dallas, yeah, it's got Houston, it's Texas, got Austin. Yeah, rural maybe Texas, you can get a fucking like mansion for like a hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> but I so I looked this up. Right, two hundred fifty thousand dollars is what a CEO of a nonprofit based in New York City could make. Jesus Christ! And he is not the CEO of this nonprofit. I just want to let you know, Brett, baby boy, what are you doing? Well, he knows exactly what he's doing. And now here's the kicker. This is the piece de resistance, the cherry on top of this Sunday. You've had a thing with like French phrases lately. Are you going from, through a French phase? I'm from Louisiana, man. We got a lot of French oh, yeah. people. Okay, that's true. That's the <laughs> Would you like a baguette? Would you like to go to Baton Rouge? <laughs> um, so you remember when I mentioned his it, Malibu? Remember Malibu? Yeah. Okay. So turns out MCEC footed the bill for the entire stay. Yes, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. How much you did know? they spend? So he was there for four months. I just want you to guess how much. Four months. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, Malibu, $200,000. You're really close. $160,000. Fuck, man. Yep. Jesus Christ. And they boot, they they covered the entire thing. He could have bought a house in like the fucking Scandinavian wilderness <laughs> and just lived out there for four months <laughs> away from all the temptations of drugs and alcohol yep. for that price. So in total, Brett received over $850,000, which includes expense reimbursements from the various nonprofits working at the behest of the state. So way, he, way better gig than being a wrestler, huh? Fuck yeah, man. $850 of poor people money. That's almost a million dollars that he stole from people that need it. Yep. That's yep. fucking, that makes my fucking blood boil. And every <laughs> cent of it came from the welfare program. Uh, you know how, like, how much, like, like you have that. A just complete lack of conscience than to do oh, shit yeah. like that. You you are a fucking monster. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I put like this is arguable, but I put these people on like the same level as like a fucking serial killer, <laughs> like the way they're portrayed. You know, yeah, because but- you have to have that same lack of like consciousness because like you're essentially like starving people. You know, <laughs> but you also know what you're doing because you spent nine months working for the agency right so you got to see it up close but instead you were spending your time like learning the system so that you could leave go work for one of these nonprofits and make a shitload of money right you know exactly what so either you don't care or you're a total fucking monster that hates poor people which is also a possibility you know, yeah. there are a lot of people that like look at when is the last time there's been a, polit- a politician running for any sort of office that talks about poor people. They don't because we treat yeah. poor people like they're diseased, like yeah. they have leprosy. And there's yeah. this like weirdo fucking mentality that's absolutely depraved. And fuck you if you think this way, that poor people are somehow like less than you. <laughs> they're afraid they're going to catch the poor. Right. Right. <laughs> it, like it's transmittable. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's so fucking ugly and so fucking nasty. And, and I, and I will say this, okay, I'm going to, this is my only disclaimer I'm going to give during this entire episode, an employer, which he was of MCEC, right? He was an employee of MCEC. An employer has every right to pay their employees, whatever they want. They can opt to pay for drug treatment programs. They have that right. And they can reimburse any expenses, right? They have the right to set that up as their, like their employee, like their 
part of their policy, right? For employees. But that doesn't necessarily make no, it right. I'm a big but, believer in what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you're yeah. going to treat one person like that, you got to treat everybody like that. But also you're doing this on money from the state at the time that 98% of individuals were being denied welfare. 98. Did you say 98%? Yeah. 98% of welfare employees are being denied. Nuts. Jesus Christ. Like think of this. Is it entire- like a dude to not having the money? It's individuals coming and applying for welfare and being denied. Is it due to the state not having the money to give it to them? It's I don't I don't know what it it's was. It's just like a various like Yeah, well, I mean, John yeah. Davis is running this entire thing. Fuck, man. Oh God, what a fucking miserable piece of shit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's Brett. That's Brett's whole thing. You know what? Fuck the legacy. <laughs> that's not him though. That's Teddy I know, Jr. It's, uh, Teddy Jr. So, but first, before we, before we go on, we're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to shift over to big Papa, Ted DiBiase himself. Oh, okay. He's talking about dad. Yeah. We're talking about dad. <laughs> so, um, heart of David ministries, they never went to Ted directly, but they went to heart of David ministries has been receiving money beginning in 2017. They received two grants totaling $2.1 million from where, from where from- Austin, from the Department of Human Services. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> I, I will say something in their defense, which is not actually in their defense because fuck these guys. They uh, refunded some of that money to the Department of Human Services, but it brought the total they received down to $1.7 million. Oh, fucking drop in the bucket. Yep. Yep. And on top of that, like you only do that to save face. Like yep. you, don't, you don't do that unless you get caught. Yeah. So the grants that they were given were to impl- were for the implementation of youth outreach programs, as well as motivational speaker. So it was Ted DiBiase going around doing motivational speaking um, or according to the actual written language of the contracts, they were in quotes to establish a network of partners, services and resources through Mississippi communities for faith based and self activities. I'm going to say something now because it makes me so fucking mad. Poor people don't need motivational speakers. They don't need training program. Well, they might need job training programs, but they don't need motivational and faith-based programs. You know what they fucking need? Money. Money. (laughs) They need money in their fucking pockets. They need money and they need if you're, going, if you're going to teach a program, teach like um, like something that will make them knowledgeable about how to save money and how to handle money and like fucking like help them like rise up from fucking poverty. You know what I mean? Like don't fucking yeah. talk to They already know they're fucking poor. We're not. We're, yeah. Like it's like this white savior complex where these people come in, these fucking grifters come in and are like, Hey, we've got this program that's going to make people feel better and they're going to rely more on the church and, you know, all this bullshit. No, just give them some money. Like they, the, there's this myth that they're going to spend it on drugs or, you know, like booze or all these other things. And, and studies have time after time after time disproven that that's what it is. They pay their rent. They send their children to school. Like it's fucking crazy that they, like people are like, I'm going to spend $1.7 million on these bullshit ass programs that don't do anything for anybody. You know, like not, I'm not trying to make it about me. I'm really not. But before I got this raise, I had 
after I paid all my bills, and these are like essential bills, car payment, rent, you know, insurance sometimes, uh, you know, shit that I need. After I paid all my bills, and this isn't including gas and groceries, I had $100 left. And that's to get gas and groceries to go back to work and start all over again. Yeah. And there are people worse off than we were. Oh, way worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like just the the thing that these people are spending their all their money on drugs is the fucking like living is expensive. And not everybody has like the good friends and good family that I have to help me out. Like a lot of people are depending on this welfare and depending on this, like this people to help them, the government to help them. Yeah. What did you, what did you do with your stimulus? Well, there was stimulus. I called up my bills. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like this is, you you didn't go out and buy meth. You didn't go buy Coke. You didn't go buy, you know, like you you didn't, you didn't, you didn't even go like, you didn't go buy a new car, which you wouldn't my stimulus was fucking like almost all of my rent. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And that's what you spent it on. Like there's this, this, this fucking myth that like so, so many people in America have of, you know, and it goes along with like the welfare queen. It's like, no, people get money so that they can live, yeah. give them money and they will live. Don't give this fucking church asshole a bunch of money to train people and give them motivational speeches on how they should change their life. Fucking it doesn't the- work. The lady down the street, which I do this allegedly, but uh, the lady down the street, she has to sell her food stamps to be able to like pay her bills. And I allegedly yeah. I can't fucking afford groceries. <laughs> it's not. I mean, you're laughing, but it's not funny. It's, yeah, I, I know. I, that's a fucking that's a anxiety. Take. Deadly. It's but and I feel horrible about it. And it's just like. This these these are the people these are the fucking parasites that come out and take advantage of this, and it gets worse. And we thought this was going to be a fun episode. No, I <laughs> listen. I've I've texted you a few times. You knew how angry I was writing this. I was like, this is the most blood pressure inducing episode I've ever actually had to write. This this show is like if you a fucking stroke. It is. You're, you're like. You're taking years off of my life because a lot of these grifters like have some fun stuff to them. Not these fuckers. This whole fucking family just just fucking eat them into the sun. Anyway, I, I, yeah, yeah, you said it all. <laughs> More than that, let's just that's our and let's 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 that's our and let's feed them to these poor people for free. Uh, satire? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Oh, Ted DiBiase, don't sue us. Well, he might. <laughs> but whatever. He ain't going to get shit out of either of us. <laughs> what are you going to do? You going to put a lien on my rent? I don't listen, own shit. Listen, asshole, you stole my welfare. I don't have anything to give you. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. I don't own anything. What are you going to get? You want some of my student loan? Come on, get it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, on top of the the, the one point seven million dollars, uh, MCEC also made two donations of twenty five thousand dollars to Heart of David. Um, when the audit happened, the church stonewalled the shit out of the auditors. Right, they, so they started sending them um, like a bunch of like wrong documents. They didn't send them uh, all the, the documents. Yes, it's a hundred percent the Alex Jones thing. Um, <laughs> they. Um, produce like an org chart and a profit and loss statement when they were asked to submit their general ledger. So they're like, please give us a ledger of all of your, of all of your transactions. And they're like, here's our org chart. Here's our profit and loss statement here. How about no, we'll give you this instead. Yeah. Um, so they were doing everything they could to obstruct the audit. 
Um, after eight months of this bullshit, uh, CLA asked the Office of the State Auditor for help, and OSA issued a subpoena for the documents, and they were finally received. They were finally turned over. Um, in those documents, auditors found 94 instances totaling $528,250 in unallowable costs. Wow. Yep. Christ. Uh, I'll also say at no point during the audit was Ted DiBiase made available for comment. Instead, his wife, Melody, acted as a spokesperson. What a fucking coward. Yep. What, what a coward. Very Christian thing to do, too, right? Yeah, they're fucking like, oh, man. Honesty. People. Let me send the wife out. Yeah. Honesty, helping the poor, real hot, real big Christian values there. Uh, let me just uh, preface this. I don't hate Christians. I hate this brand of Christianity. Like, no, I hate the I, fucking. I don't hate Christianity. I hate this Christian in particular. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hate that brand, you know, like fucking. I'm not even going to go that far, but, and, but I agree. I do. Like, I have a problem with the, this is like prosperity shit to me. This yes, is the same yes. thing. And I, I really have a have an absolute loathing of that. But I, in this case, I don't know if I, I mean I didn't. Maybe I should have looked up. I don't think DiBiase's church is a prosperity gospel church. It doesn't seem like it. Okay. But this Christian in particular, go fuck himself. Okay, it sounds it sounds a lot like prosperity gospel there. Well, and so uh, just just and I'm going to put this in perspective. These grants were a huge windfall for his church. And I'm going to read this from the audit. This just to kind of put it in perspective, like how much so this is from the audit. According to the publicly available forms 990 filed by the Heart of David, in the year into December 31st, 2016, total revenue reported were $196,000. The following year, the revenue reported was $284,000, right? It's not a ton of money. Good money. It's a lot. But that's for a church. Um, and by the year ending December 31st, 2018, Total revenue included $942,000. Fuck. Yeah. Jesus. So Ugh. this 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 $1.7 million, which included the $528,000 in unallowable costs, was a huge boost to this church. Fucking, that's insane. <laughs> yep. Yep. So they, this was helpful. This was a good, this is a good thing for them. For them. Yep. <laughs> for them and only them. For them and only them, literally. So here we go. This is the part you've been dreading. Brett gets most of the bad publicity, but we're going to talk about the biggest player in the scam. And I'm sorry. It's Teddy Jr. the legacy theme yeah we're gonna talk about teddy jr and oh man he is a oh god just we should have brought Dwayne on this is cody Rhodes adjacent i don't think he would have liked it <laughs> <laughs> this is a longtime tag team partner of cody <laughs> so i just want to set the stage this is from cla's report on their findings and the audit you ready the mdhs department of human services Representatives communicated to CLA, which is the auditors, that Ted DiBiase Jr. occupied one of the largest office in the Department of Human Services that was located next to John Davis's office. Oh. Upon yeah, oh, upon review of John Davis's email communications, CLA noticed that 
um, ted.dbiase at mdhs.ms.gov was copied on over 450 emails from February 1st, 2018 through July 30th of 2019, which is interesting because, however, no emails appeared to have been sent from ted.dbiase at mdhs.ms.gov to the MDHS email address of John Davis. CLA also reviewed the payroll records, and this is the super interesting part, of the Mississippi Department of Human Services, and Ted DiBiase Jr. does not appear to have been paid by the Department of Human Services as an employee. It's not clear to CLA as to the reason why Ted DiBiase Jr. would have occupied office space at the Mississippi Department of Human Services. Well, I could think of a pretty good reason. Yeah, we're going to get to that. (laughs) So Teddy's got an office in the, the Department of Human Services right next to John Davis, but he's not an employee. That's a lot. That's weird. That's they not give everybody an office. <laughs> yeah, right next to yours. So Teddy has an LLC and it's called Priceless Ventures. It was it was formed. <laughs> you know, just, dude, you just you, I, you're gonna have to mic down when you start screaming. Um, it was formed on May 11th, 2017, less than one month later on June 1st, 2017, it was awarded a grant from family resource center in the amount of $499,000, Jesus Christ, 909, well, $499,999.96 for being a quote leadership outreach coordinator for the family resource center. What the fuck did he outreach exactly? Yeah, well, who did so he we, outreach to? So here we go. This, this is what this is from. I'm going to read again from the audit. Prices Ventures was formed as a limited liability company in the state of Mississippi on May 11, 2017, listing Ted DiBiase Jr. as the manager. The current status of Prices Ventures shows as dissolved. It appears suspicious to CLA that the entity was formed less than one month prior to the first agreement executed with Family Resource Center on July 1st, or I'm sorry, on June 1st, 2017, which indicates that Priceless Ventures was not an established business already performing services and was formed simply for the benefit of the contracts with MCEC and FRC, Family Resource Center. Fucking idiot. He's a fucking idiot. You form your fucking LSE a month before you do this shady Less ass shit. Less than a month. This is fucking insane. That's fucking. Yep. I, not only are you a scumbag, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, you're given this contract to do a certain service. You don't have a company to actually do it. No. No. He went out and bought an LSE for $200 and he's just raking it in. Yep. Yep. Um, he was issued to the first half of the payment, $250,000 upon the signing of the contract. And the second half was paid in November of the same year. This payment, once again, came out of the welfare fund. Fucking Ted DiBiase and his dumbass son. I just think this that this family sucks. This family sucks. <laughs> sucks. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine like telling my daughter, you know what would be a good plan for your future? Stealing from the poor. <laughs> Yeah, here's a good here's a good Christian family steal from the poor. Yeah, yeah, fucking like reverse Robin Hood ass bullshit. It, it's just theft, straight up from the most vulnerable yeah. people. Yeah. Um. So the program Teddy was paid to set up was a youth development program focusing on quote character building and making responsible choices. Again, just give them fucking money. Um. According to the audit, some work went into the program, but is 
but it is, but in quotes, it is not clear to CLA that the amount of work taking place is commensurate to the amounts paid to priceless ventures. So they're going, y'all fucking overpaid this idiot for the work he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And speaking on your gift money to the poor thing, I want to fucking like, I'm not, I'm just using homelessness as an example. You see a homeless guy and you think, oh man, this guy's just get a job. Well, you know what you need to have a job? You need a mailing address. You know what you need to have a mailing address, a home? You need a job. You know what you need to show up to a job interview? Nice clothes and a fucking place to shower. Yeah. You know what you don't have when you're fucking homeless? A place to put nice clothes and a place to fucking shower. It's a fucking, like, it's the most vicious cycle. It is. <laughs> and people just blame it on these people not wanting to work. It's not that they don't want to work. It's that they can't fucking go to work because nobody yeah. will hire them because they don't have the place, the things to be able to work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because assholes like this are taking actually the, the yes. real the money out of this this program the money that they could use to have a fucking room just an extended stay stay for a week be able to get a shower and then maybe like venture into the workforce like they can't do that because they don't have any money because of people like this it's a cycle and you don't get out of it uh, country's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) this family's bullshit um less than three months after that Family Resource Center would pay Teddy Jr. directly, not through his LLC, uh, $250,000. There was no contract, no supporting documents. <laughs> they just gave it to him? Yep. <laughs> no contract, no supporting documents provided. They Fuck, just gave it man. to him. Um, in November of 2017, MCEC, the other nonprofit, uh, reimbursed Teddy Jr. for $15,434.84 in expenses. These expenses included first class travel, high-end hotels, and expensive meals. So they paid for a vacation. They they paid for him to gallivant across the U.S. and needy, hungry, poor people footed the bill. This might be the angriest I've ever been on an episode. Of this I show. told you. This is the angriest <laughs> I've been when I fucking wrote an episode. I'm like, ah! I just wanted to like, ah! And, but this... Fucking I mean, asshole. Ted DiBiase used to be a badass, but maybe I could, maybe I stood a chance now because the old ass fat man. <laughs> that wasn't a Ted DiBiase laugh. That was a me laugh. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So another uh, $500,000 was paid to Priceless Ventures from Family Resource Center. But this time it came out of a different program. It wasn't the welfare program. It was the Social Service Block Grant Program, uh, which is another federal program to grant social services to people, to families specifically, mm-hmm. poor families that needed it. Um, this, once again, was uh, for Princess Prince, <laughs> <Princess> Ventures <laughs> acting as Family Resource Center's, quote, leadership outreach coordinator. Now... It's MCEC, the other nonprofits, turn. In May of 2018, they granted a contract to Priceless Ventures for $699,500 from the Welfare Fund, again, for a self-help program called the Law of 16. The only contract that was found, the only contract that was found related to this program was for $130,000. So, nobody they couldn't find where the other money came from where did the rest of the money go exactly this is all fucking corrupt dude it's fucking 
all of this sucks. <laughs> it's 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 so dark and so fucking awful. And these people are the fucking worst. I, how how do we? I I did not expect we covered Charles Ponzi, right? Yeah, right. Like, we've covered a lot of shitty people, but like somehow, it's the goddamn DiBiase family. These the goddamn wrestlers are the worst people we've covered on this thing so far. Oh God! Well, when you're taught like from that young of an age to be a fucking carny, I guess you know just where uh, you go up from there <laughs> you don't you just go down but you ran, you ran you ran out of people to work so you got to work the government but they're christians they're good christians they have a church be careful they, we might be get we might get too political uh, no fuck that, <laughs> I'm, man. I'm joking i'm fucking with you i'm, I'm trying to lighten the mood <laughs> with a jerk no you're not gonna make the move because i know where this is going and you're not gonna lighten it with me because i'm fucking pissed off i hate this I hate ah. anyway um they <laughs> just keep going um they frc family research center paid an additional four hundred and ninety seven thousand nine hundred eighty seven dollars to prices ventures in june of 2018 uh this time are you ready yeah through the emergency food assistance program what the fuck they, <laughs> they stole from snap so, so they, they told people it's fucking food stamps away basically yep. That's fucking uh, $500,000 worth of food stamps. Not even fucking with people's money now. You're fucking with people's like survival. Like, this is like, yeah. Like, uh, yep. And once again, they were, they were paid. The, the prices ventures were paid for their leadership outreach coordinator for the FRC. Shit fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now this is the point where FRC starts to get a little shady. The family resource center gets a little shady. Yeah. They they claim that they began to attempt to monitor how Prices Ventures was spending the money, but they were told by the Department of Human Services. Again, this is John Davis, who's yeah. honestly at this point, if you don't know that he's corrupt as fuck, he's corrupt as fuck. That um, the Department of Human Services was monitoring Prices Ventures, so there was no need for FRC to worry about where their money was going. Well, I mean, I could, I, I, I could give them like the possibility of doubt, you know. I'd give them the benefit of the doubt. That's what I'm trying to say. The phrase I, I'm trying to say. I, I, I don't. I but, too much. but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, no. I, mean, I could see, I could see where that would be able to happen. But you know, it's fucking. I, you know, I, at this point, I, you got to. I think they got their tail caught in a trap, and they were trying to do whatever they could to make like, themselves like, oh, look good. No, it's them. It's them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's their fault. <laughs> yep. Um. So at, at this time, there's a second LLC called. Um, it, it seems like they're trying to do Latin. Maybe they are. It's called Family Orantim, and it was formed the day of the execution of a million-dollar contract with FRC, Family Resource Center. So I went to that LLC. Yeah. So it, now it's not registered to Teddy Jr., um, but the co- contract was to coordinate and create a RISE program serving inner-city youth. Um, and again, even the, even though the LLC was not set up by Teddy Jr., the contract was signed by Teddy DiBiase as president of Family Orientum. Two payments from FRC for $350,000 were made to the LLC. So Teddy didn't sign it. The LLC signed it under Teddy's name. The LLC, Somebody else registered the LLC, but Teddy was registered as the president. Oh, okay, he okay, signed okay. for the contracts. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. And and once again, with this this transaction, the FRC claimed 
to have attempted to monitor where the funds were going. But once again, the, the, and in quotes, MDHS department of human services instructed FRC uh, that MDHS not FRC was monitoring the uh, subgrant activities of family Orentum LLC and MTHS maintained all necessary paperwork and documentation related to the scope, completion, and activities and services provided under the subgrant. Guys, so, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Everything's, everything's fine. okay. Everything's on the level. You know, we got it. Um, so, in total, right? The including the money paid to family Orntum, because I'm not going to fucking pretend that that wasn't Teddy Jr. Because yeah. it was it definitely was like he was pulling a lot of money out of there in two years. He and his business interests made over two point nine million dollars off of the state in two years. He's just fucking insane. You know yeah. how much you know how many people could use two point nine million dollars? Oh my god! It's fucking uh, it's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's like, just and I guarantee you, like this isn't the only time this has happened. I'm sure no. it's happened all over the country. Absolutely. It's fucking, this is just these fucking assholes are high profile. So they're just, no, they're the ones dumb enough to get caught. The, the guy that's fucking registering at LOC the day of getting a contract that size. CTE, baby. They're fucking dumb fucks. <laughs> Thank God they're dumb so they get caught. But yeah. <sighs> so on top of all of this, I know you're like, when does this stop? On top- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. It doesn't. <laughs> no, this hole just keeps deeper, going deeper and deeper and deeper. So it what it wasn't just direct payments made to the DiBiase family, and I want to read a little bit from a piece in Mississippi Today by an excellent journalist Anna Wolf who covered this for Mississippi Day uh, or Mississippi Today, sorry. And the only good was, citizen in Mississippi. She 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 <laughs> did an incredible job on this story, and she wrote several pieces. And they'll be what's her name again? Uh, Anna Wolf. Okay. She I would. Shout out Anna Wolf. I emailed her to thank her for all of her journalism. Oh, did she email back? No. <laughs> that's okay. That deadpan note was so funny. No, that's I did. You know, I don't expect it to. It's some weird random person going, "Hey, great coverage." Um, you know, she's actually the first one that hasn't that I've like I I've thanked a few journalists that um, have done work and and written books, and usually people come back to me. That's okay. I'm not holding against her. She did great work. So from her piece, the audit states that in 2017, Brett DiBiase introduced John Davis to Nick Coughlin, who co-owned a company and attempted to produce a movie with Ted DiBiase Jr. Davis immediately began discussing a role for Coughlin at the agency in which he would, quote, create opportunities for conventions with industry leaders and potential employees seeking MDHS services. Coughlin's... company ncc ventures received a total of one hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars in payments from the agency and each of the nonprofits. so they're they're like introducing other people they're like hey we've got this cash cow come on and get it we got yeah. people we got people it's like, like he sees his fucking shithead buddies and it's like hey, yep. man listen i got this great thing going here we're just fucking yep. stealing from these fucking poor people you need to get in on this while you can it gets worse. Davis then also hired one of Coughlin's relatives in the state office. Coughlin now works for the Mississippi Attorney General's office, according to his LinkedIn. He's still fucking still out there. Yeah, this guy who was introduced by the DiBiase's to John Davis is still in government work. 
fuck, man? Why can't we fucking, why can't we get these people out? Like, what do we have to do to vet these fucking people that work in government yep. to make sure they're not going to do shady shit like this? Oh, my God. It, it, here's another one. Similarly, Ted DiBiase Jr. introduced John Davis to consultant Adam Such, for whose firm, SBGI LLC, then received a contract and an upfront payment of $250,000 from Family Resource Center. These are fucking, this is millions at this point that yeah. people have like stolen from fucking yep. poor people. Oh, yeah. And you shouldn't be, when it comes to government work, you shouldn't be able to get your shithead buddies in on the fucking like, in on no. the job. There Not should for- be like, there should be a vetting process. There should be like some kind of like heavily monitored fucking thing that makes sure you're not going to pull shit like this nepotism it's fucking uh. yeah i mean it's happening in new york right now with what eric adams our new shithead mayor oh yeah i've heard about that motherfucker that fucking cut yeah he just named his little brother as a deputy commissioner of the nypd Oh, wow. Cool. Get your fucking. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're going to have his, aneurysm. His, his, <laughs> his previous job was the head of parking and transportation at uh, I think it was at like UVA or VCU, one of the one of the Virginia colleges. And now he's a uh, deputy commissioner of the NYPD making be able to two hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. What fucking qualifications does he have for that fucking job? You shouldn't well, be he's able. The to mayor's just... little brother. That's the qualification. Yeah, but that shouldn't fucking happen that way. Sorry, <laughs> we're not we're not a politics blog or well, podcast. No, Ooh. fuck that guy. But <laughs> yep. I agree. Fuck Eric Adams. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of that bullshit that goes on even here. Like in, and it was like liberal New York. It's like no, nah, that shit goes on here too. Anyway, um. So the DiBiases are not the ringleaders, right? John Davis is very much the ringleader of this whole thing. Um, but it is just remarkable how much money they pulled out of the state um, coffers. The DiBiase family and their businesses, you ready for the total? Not really, but I'm sure you're going to give it to me. $5.75 million over the course of two years. Imagine if they were not complete fucking idiots <laughs> like, and they, they didn't get caught. Imagine how much money they would have, like, just, they'd probably still be going. Maybe, yeah, maybe if they, 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 well, they would still be going, I think. I don't know how much more they would have gotten in that time. Like, I feel like they pulled as much as they could in that time period. Yeah. And there's people in this, this fucking con that have pulled a lot more money. And I'll, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, but one other notable person caught up in the scandal was former Green Bay uh, quarterback Brett Favre. No way. Who's from Mississippi, Mississippi native. You, you're not telling me that this wonderful spokesman from Wrangler Jeans <laughs> is caught up in this bullshit. Didn't he like? Didn't he like text like crotch shots to people? He's got a sex scandal. Oh, does he? Yeah, there's some weird shit with him. Oh, I gotta Google that. I want to see Brett Favre's dick. No, I don't think his. I don't think he sent his <laughs> dick pics. But he he sent bulges. I, from what I remember, I could be wrong. Oh I, come on, I've sent Charlie, you Charlie bulges. Charlie, if I'm wrong, you've sent me bulges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was if, looking real fat that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not my, not my dick. But there was something going on with like my lower side. Yeah, you, see, you were like, look at my moose knuckle. Here's a text. 
was, I was real like fucking upset about like the way my body looked that day, and I was just like, man, I'm so sad. Look at this. <laughs> it was it was OTP. It was over the pants. It was- <laughs> yes, it was over the pants. Charlie, <laughs> if you look this up, you can chime in on on the sex scandal with Brett Favre. But he's from Mississippi. Yeah, tell he- me if I can see that cock. He was no, no, <laughs> I don't think you want to. Um, he was given a contract for a million dollars for a bunch of speaking dates that never happened, and he only paid back five hundred thousand dollars. Fuck you, Brett Favre. <laughs> I hope a block of cheese falls on your head. So now we're going to talk about the totality of this thing, and it's fucking shocking. So in the end, the audit found twelve point four million dollars of possible fraud, waste, or abuse such as high dollar contracts with vague responsibilities or leases on buildings that sat empty. That's fucking insane. They found (laughs) just, it's not over $36.1 million in welfare purchases that were not allowed under federal rules. Right? So the fed gives us money and says, you have to do X, Y, Z, or you can't spend the money. They didn't give a shit. They they didn't give a fuck. They just did whatever with it. That's 48 million so far. And there was an additional $41 million that could not be accounted for because MCEC refused to be part of the audit. So that's $99 million. It's actually 77. (laughs) Oh, I'm bad at math. (laughs) Well, no, I actually think your your math is right. It includes inflation. But at the time, yeah, that's what I did. I, I totally no, you did. No, you're right. You're actually right. You're not bad at math. So the time that the funds went out, it was seventy seven million dollars, and then it was inflated to uh, ninety six point three million dollars. And that's fucking- not inflated, but interest rate. Yeah, yeah. So this this is the big. And like I said, there's a lot more of this, right? The you know the DBOCs did about six million dollars of this seventy seven yeah. million. But, but fucking drops on the bucket compared to the big picture. Yeah, but it's still a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's fucking, it's fucked up. It's evil, especially when it's fucking people that that need it to live. Yeah, literally to live. And there are people that could have possibly starved to death because of this bullshit. Oh, abs- there were. There were. Not yeah. even could have. There were. Without having any numbers, They they there were people that died as a result of this because they couldn't afford health care. They couldn't afford food. They're, they're, that, that's they're, why I say that like this, like shit like this is on the same level to me as like a fucking serial killer. Because like yeah. you're doing where they like the only difference between them and serial killer is you're a, too much of a fucking pussy to see it like to see it in person. Yeah. You're sitting in your fucking office while this goddamn poor person is starving to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I don't. There's nothing wrong with what you said. I, I, I oh, God, it made me so fucking mad. This has made me so fucking mad. <laughs> so what happened as a result of this, right? And a lot of this is still ongoing. Um, well, the fact that I knew nothing about it beforehand means goddamn nothing. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is most people don't. Most people. And they, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah, most nothing. people know about like Brett's can like plea and, and all that stuff. Most people don't know about all this other shit because they would be, you know, you'd see stuff about. Teddy Jr. and Ted DiBiase oh, and all sure. the bullshit. So um, Shad White, who was the the um, state auditor, yeah, issued the final the following press release in October, and I'm just going to read parts of it. 
He said, and I quote, two years ago, my office audited DHS. After two years of work, we found tens of millions of dollars in misspending. Those findings have now been confirmed this month by an independent forensic audit commissioned by DHS. It's time for the taxpayers to attempt to recover what we lost. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. He was <laughs> like, You're, I'm coming for that money. <laughs> uh, the auditor's office issued a demand to John Davis for $96.313 million, which Ooh. includes interest for his role authorizing over $77 million in illegal welfare spending. Uh, MCEC board and leadership was served a demand for $68.15 million. And the Family Research Center's board and leadership was served with a demand for $15.549 million. Brett, this huh? guy said, give me that fucking money back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and charges still might be coming. This is new enough where there's not been charges. He's just been, they've been ordered to repay this money. So there could be criminal charges coming on all of that. Before 2022 is over, Ted DiBiase might be in prison. Yeah. Uh, Brett DiBiase was ordered to pay back uh, $225,950. The Heart of, David Minist- uh, Heart of David Ministries, which is controlled by the million dollar man Ted DiBiase was ordered to pay back $722,299. And Teddy DiBiase Jr. was ordered to pay back $3.9 million. God damn. That boy don't have $3.9 million laying around. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He actually, I read a story where he was attempting to sell his mansion. And then the state came in and seized the property and was like, nope, this is ours now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting their shit. Um, Give me, run me that fucking check. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of these things. It's like, these are all bad actors. They yeah. found a grift. They found an income stream and they all ran to get in on it. And it's a fucking shame that, like state money gets abused this way and yeah there's no fucking like there's just a complete lack of oversight to let this happen no and and, and, you know we talked about like give people money give people housing and there's so much evidence that this works yeah you know that people spend this and i i mean i have stories i'm not going to read them because we've gone on long enough but there's studies that talk about that like one from npr says in 2019 says um Researchers find a remarkable ripple effect when you give cash to poor families. Yeah, and it, and it talks about like just giving cash to poor families. There's another one in 2020 from the CBC in Canada talking about how housing is a human right and how Finland is eradicating homelessness. And it literally talks about Finland built housing for homeless people. And by 2027, they're expected to completely eliminate homelessness in Finland. That's just infuriating that we live in like the richest country in the world. And, and we can't yet, do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, people it, want to say like, oh, we don't have the space. It's like, dude, like you're fucking lying because we do. <laughs> yeah. We have the space. We have the money. Let's just fucking do it. Quit spending money on these rich, like, like, you know, bottom feeding grifter assholes who Is steal this the from the system. That broke you, by the way. You told me like there was something like fucking like that. Just you turned a hard corner on something. I did. We I, I don't about. know if this was the one. That, I don't know. This one really pissed me off because I was like, these fucking fail sons 
who have never been able to achieve anything else in their life are grifting off of state money meant for poor people. They yeah. will, they can pray as much as they want. They're going to burn in hell. <laughs> really? Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, they, there's no, it's just place. a particular brand of evil that just, it, it is. It, and I hate using that word because I feel like it's such a, like a cliche to call people evil, but <laughs> this shit's fucking evil. <laughs> this is, and, and I, and I, the easiest, you know, I mean, we've joked before that the easiest way to make a bunch of money is to form a church, but this is that in action, yeah. right? This yeah. is illustrated. And it's just that fucking man, we've covered a lot of like, even the big ones like Ponzi, like, like we covered them and like that didn't make me as mad as this. Like, no. There's no. zero redeemable qualities <laughs> to anybody well, because, in the but, but, but it's also because, like, Ponzi, but well, he was kind of a, you know, affable dude. He was playing off of greed, right? He was saying, you invest and you get this return, right? And I understand that you catch rich people, poor people, middle-income people in that, and that's unfortunate because you're going to steal all their money. But it's also a greed play. These people... Are like we're stealing money before pe- poor people who need it can even get it. I don't want to make it about myself. I'm really not, but like just to relate to the situation, I was on food stamps for a few years, and like me and Vic and Harlan when she was an infant were on food stamps, and I understand like how hard it is to get like to like we're barely scraping by at this point, and it's just fucking. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't have been able. Like our fucking infant child would not be able to eat. Right. <laughs> and now just imagine some. You getting denied for these benefits for the sake of some rich asshole establishing a self-help program that the state funds through a fucking shitty um, nonprofit. Just fucking it's infuriating. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I really I I, this really upset me because it's like these are the most like. I'll say it again, the bottom feeding grifters. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking evil people. It's like, fucking... You're not even selling anything. You're not even selling the idea of like prosperity. No. You're not selling the idea of, of losing weight or a miraculous cure or returns on your investment. You're just stealing. You're just, you're just, straight up just stealing. Stri- yeah, straight up stealing. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a grifter, to be honest. I think it's just a fucking theft. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking. Oh man, this one is fucking. It's made my blood boil, and I just fucking Ted DiBiase. You fucking suck over your rotten hell, dude. He fucking sucks. And think of that every time you see him on WWE programming. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's been on. He's been on. WWE he's been on recently. They still yeah. bring him back, but he's a yes. piece of shit. He's <laughs> a fucking piece fucking of shit. Evil. <laughs> he doesn't dude, give a fuck. He he fucking trained a a. a uh, another uh, preacher minister in Valdosta. Remember, I, t- That's I texted not how you. That. Fucking say it, <laughs> Valdosta. Sorry, Valdosta. <laughs> but the, you got a local preacher who was certified by Ted DiBiase. You told me where this. Uh, you told me where this church was. But yeah, but yeah. Like, I know exactly where that church is. I know exactly where that church is, and it's just fucking, it's crazy. It's insane that that somebody that like. I pass by that church every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just fucking it's crazy. It's, it's it's fucking upsetting. This whole thing was upsetting. The more I got into it, the more I was like, these people are fucking craven. They don't give a shit. Uh it's just really upsetting that this is this is allowed to occur. And and you know what? Kudos for Mississippi for catching it and and actually prosecuting yeah, yeah, yeah. people. 
you may be the redheaded stepchild of the South, but you know, you did at least one thing right. This is fucking not podcast related, but you'll find it funny. I saw a post somebody shared on Facebook, and uh, it was like, if the burger flippers at McDonald's, you think they should get $21 an hour, then the nurses that flip your grandma should be getting $44 an hour. I'm like, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, you, were so fu- you were so fucking close to getting it. You're, yeah. you're right there. You're, you were like there. You, <laughs> you are circling the drain. <laughs> I always thought that was so funny. It was like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's like the, the, these fucking insane people think if you like bump up minimum wage that like your job won't follow you think that fucking if we move minimum wage up to fucking twenty dollars an hour you, you think you won't get a fucking pay increase no yeah. you, you would everyone will <laughs> everyone will yes it's fucking like the fucking you know the, the shit goes up the ladder i don't, Every, I don't everyone know. except for shareholders will get a pay increase and fuck shareholders because they don't do anything yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, shout out to the ghost of Charlie Butters. You might have something to input right here about the uh, remodel of his podcast, IWTV Guide. Yeah, man. The new episode should have dropped this week. Uh, Jay Gold is replacing me on the podcast. I'm still doing the editing, uh, that kind of stuff, just like I do here. Um, but yeah, that should be out now. Thank you, Charlie. We have friends. Check out our friends with Hot Van Dam, a WTV Guide, Wrestling Cheers, Super Fantastic, X Over, Sweet Stuff and Bitter Things, Hard Headed, and Hit My Music Pod. All right. Uh, we have Twitter, social media, you know, that thing that you get on your phone first thing in the morning. We have that. Check us out on Twitter at Catch My Griff Pod. Find me on Twitter at Catch Dalton. And find Austin on Twitter at Austin Agogo. And find the ghost of Charlie Butters at Charlie underscore Butters. Thank you, Charlie. Um, you know, fucking just don't be th- this. This episode is probably like the worst I felt <laughs> after getting done recording. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but I, I will th- say I will. I, I'm going to end on a positive note. Okay. And I'm going to say that as big of a shithead as the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase turned out to be. There was one guy that stood up to him. There was one guy who was out there fighting for the common man. He is. Would you be talking about that son nope. of a plumber? He is the son of a plumber, <laughs> and he was he was uh, the American dream. His name was Mister Dusty Rhodes, and he went out there and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna fight for everybody. I'm gonna fight the million dollar man. I'm gonna fight him with my valet." <laughs> The every woman in the United States of America, Miss Sapphire. <laughs> and so we're going to close out this episode on, I think, one of the greatest theme songs, one of the greatest entrance musics of all time, uh, Common Man in the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. It's a bicycle. And so for that, <laughs> with that, I'm just going to say, stay beautiful.
I have a story about a WWE magazine that uh, maybe the ghost of Charlie Butters can put in the post credits. <laughs> Go for it. If that's okay. Okay, keep in mind, I was like 13, 14, 15, you know, puberty's hitting hard, it's hitting heavy, you know, and I'm fucking just like jerking off wherever I can, right? You know, Why you know are all your stories about jerking off? Hold on. <laughs> oh, God. I got the latest issue of WWE magazine in the mail, right? It's the Christmas issue, and I remember it had like Christy Hemme, Don Marie, and Tori Wilson, I think. No, it might have been Melina. I don't fucking know. It had three scantily clad ladies on the cover. And luckily, I had checked the mailbox this day after I got off the school bus, right? Because I saw it in there because my grandma would have threw it away. <laughs> and <laughs> I took it, put it in my backpack, went on home. And I was like, yeah, brother, it's time. And I go into the bathroom because I don't have a smartphone because, like I said earlier, my family is poor. Or even a phone at all. I had just, you know, no, no cell phone. And I go into the bathroom, had to do it the old-fashioned way, put the magazine on the floor, flip it to the page I want, start doing my business, right? But I was in such a hurry to fucking bust this nut that I didn't lock the door. And my grandma just barges in the bathroom. I'm assuming she had to use the bathroom. And I just look up at her, dick in hand. And she looks at me, and she slowly closes the door. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. My grandma just caught me jacking off. Oh, fuck. This is awful. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, don't blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm not done yet. And, you know, I finished what I came in there to do. And I leave the bathroom. And in this house, it's a double wide that was converted into a house. So, you know, you got the living room, kitchen, you know, set up on the same floor plan. Then there's a hallway. Then there's the bedrooms and the bathroom. Right. And I wanted to go get a drink and immediately run to my bedroom because I'm dying of embarrassment. Right. So I truck in the beeline to the kitchen get my coke and try to beeline back to the bedroom and my grandma stops and she goes dalton and i look up at her and she has tears in her eyes and oh, she goes no. you know playing with yourself is a sin right and i was like oh my god i don't i don't want to have this conversation and this ran to the bedroom <laughs> and we've never talked about it we've never talked about it since and it's, every it, now as much as you didn't want to have the conversation i guarantee your grandma didn't want to have it either <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you. I, I've never met her. I only know of her the from what you told me. The person that walks yeah. this earth. Like the last <laughs> thing that she wanted to do was have that conversation with you. Oh my god! I was so fucking embarrassed. So embarrassed. And you should every, be. You and, fucking sinner. And every time I like, it pops in my brain. It's like one of those three a.m. cringe thoughts, right? Yeah. And it pops in my brain. I'm like, fuck. I wonder if she remembers that. I hope she doesn't remember that. <laughs> she does. I'm sorry. I'm gonna tell you. She does. If it's burned in your brain, it's burned in hers too. Oh God. I'll never, ever forget that. That's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Oh yeah. Oh, you're fucked. You're done. You're, you're like, you're like on the, <laughs> like you're on your deathbed and the last words are like Molina. <laughs> <laughs> you're done man it's 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 gonna be there but it's okay we all have that moment not that story but we all have our own stories <laughs> all right now back to your regular scheduled uh content <laughs> <laughs> there there what yeah. did you do I, try, I was trying to balance this pin on this lampshade and i dropped it you look like you dropped a knife on your lap <laughs> the fear in your eye <laughs> well i was like in my head i was like oh god i'm gonna fuck up the recording <laughs> all right 
<laughs> Can you hear all that? What are you doing? I'm eating a popsicle. Okay. <laughs> American. No, you got the cowbell. You got to do the cowbell. Do, 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 do. <laughs> See you later, folks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>